Why do we exist? Were we created with a purpose? Or are we just here by chance? What are we to believe about life, faith, and worldview? Welcome to The Universe Next Door, focusing on answers to the questions we all consider. The Universe Next Door is supported by the C.S. Lewis Society, Trinity College of Florida, and supported by gifts from listeners just like you. Discover more resources and continue the conversation at apologetics.org. And now, your host, the research professor of Bible and theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward. Welcome to The Universe Next Door, where we have good taste in music and theology. Uh, If this is your first time, please check out our website, apologetics.org. That is the C.S. Lewis Society's hub for apologetics. Uh, And go back and listen to our multi-part series on racism and the Christian worldview that we had just finished. Uh, Dr. Woodward, how are you doing today? I'm feeling hale and hearty, I guess is the old phrase. Uh, Fit as a fiddle, I'm just uh, back in the saddle after doing some traveling through the southeast, and I'm raring to go. We've got some exciting announcements coming up, but, um, you know, it was really a good, I think, timely coverage that we gave to this important topic of a racism, uh, biblical truth, and apologetics. Uh, thank you for leading us in that particular coverage. Yeah, no, it, it was a great time, and it was great to have Reggie on, and I think uh, anyone who's listened to the show knows that we don't shy away from the difficult topics and, and issues, as you'll see today. That's right. So um, with that in mind, uh, are you good for a quick PS, kind of like some fungal pause, before we shove off into some new territory of apologetics and some exciting announcements of uh, breaking news and, and upcoming events. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, I mean, to, to kind of just to give a quick retrospect on our you know coverage of the, the current chaos, so we, we our hearts mourn for those who have suffered. And, and, and we're referring to anybody and everybody who has been a victim of violence uh, and and just unmitigated, uh, you know, um, hatred. And we, we, we realize that all sin is sin, uh, measured by biblical standards and even measured by the human heart. We know that even those without scriptural revelation, God says in Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, those without the law are not without the law because the law is literally written on their hearts, the requirements, Mm -hmm. it says. And uh, I actually require my theology students and also my students in apologetics to memorize Romans 2, 14, and 15, to have that riveted into their hearts, because that is really where God reveals himself. Even C.S. Lewis pivoted from that truth right into the opening five chapters of his famous book, Mere Christianity, where he says, all men down deep, if they really think about it, if they reflect for two seconds on their understanding of right and wrong, that it's utterly wrong for somebody to rape an individual, to torture children for the fun of it. And you don't have to think in more than a half a second to know that's utterly despicable and reprehensible and unthinkable, literally, uh, from a moral point of view. And that tells us that there is right and wrong, there's absolute objective truth in that area, and therefore that points to a mind who is above the universe. Physical stuff is not the end of the game. There is truth in this area called metaphysics, as my teaching in the philosophy department uh, of Trinity College will bring out, and also in apologetics. But to get back to this uh, truth of, of, of ethics, as it touches what's going on in the world today, 
there's value in humanity. There's value in human life, all human life. And if you buy into the Darwinian assumptions, and neo-Darwinism, strangely, is even being pushed sometimes in religious circles. Yes, even some Bible teachers and, and evangelical scholars. Uh, I won't go ahead and you know, reel off a list here, but um, you don't have to search very far uh, to, to realize that some websites are trying to proclaim um, the ultimate victory of Darwinism, and that is completely um, off the rails when it comes to current scientific assessment of where we are. Because the Darwinian, the case for macroevolution through random selection, through selection of random mutations, is not only a implausible theory, it's, it's provably um, broken down in the laboratory. And that's what the new book from Michael Behe, biochemist at Lehigh University, called Darwin Devolves has shown us. And because of that, neo-Darwinism is running out of gas. Actually, it ran out of gas about 25 years ago, and it's just coming to light now more and more. It's unescapable. But uh, we have uh, this incredible resource there at evolutionnews.org. That should be a bookmark um, website for everyone who listens regularly to this program. That's my go-to website, my uh, number one favorite place to research anything in breaking news in this area, because a very important in late June, June 25th, a very important article appeared called Darwinism and No Lives Matter. Now, that's a striking phrase. I'll bet we haven't heard that very often. Um, you know, there's, of course, Black Lives Matter, this, this political movement, and then some people take out that word and put up other lives matter. We're not going to get into the politics, but the Darwin view is that no lives matter because we are all evolved stuff. Uh, I'm reading here Professor Weichart, um, who is a very well-renowned historian. Uh, he is uh, renowned in his work in the area of uh, the 20th century history of Germany and the influence of Darwinian teaching on the Third Reich and now also on the Second Reich, World War One as well as World War Two. And he points out, uh, here, Professor Weichardt explains that Darwin's racism that we talked about last week is not incidental. It's not just like, oh, he happened to just hold that view uh, in relation to evolution. It's not as if he just happened to be a product of his time with attitudes held by other upper-class Brit Brits, uh, you know, when he wrote his books. Uh, he was uh, actually anti-slavery. We can at least thank him for that. He opposed slavery, but he embodied the racism uh, that, that came before him, but he used the racism as evidence for his theory. Let me repeat that. He used this prevailing view of racism as evidence for his theory. He believed that different races of humans represented biological variations in intelligence and various other capacities. and and. On, on those variations, natural selection was working and just in the way it would work on finch beaks or coloration in the, in the wings of butterflies. Okay, so his conclusion, this wonderful, very powerful, short, powerful article here, 
uh, on evolution news, his conclusion of a racial hierarchy with you know people of color at the bottom and his projection of eventual racial extermination, that wasn't just a, a one-off inference. These were central to his theory. And so they, these continued in his day, and they continue to this day, to motivate racism and eugenic drives, that is the drive to perfect the human race by selecting who gets to breed and who doesn't get to breed, and also the mass extermination of certain racial types. And so uh, later Darwinists, uh, including Peter Singer at my own university, Princeton, uh, have drawn logical consequences from evolution. And they assume, they, don't, they know, don't take any time to prove and demonstrate macroevolution as, as, as plausible or true. They just assume that it's true, and they build on that. And from that, they try to draw um, philosophical conclusions about, who, you know, again, what is or is not the value of human life in comparison, for example, to other animals, other species. So human life, ultimately, in the Darwinian perspective, is not precious, is not valuable. Or to put it another way, and again, this comes from an author by the name of John Zmirak, Z-M-I-R-A-K. He puts it this way, no lives matter. I thought that was very interesting. So there's an entire discussion between Professor Weichart at the um, University of California at Santa Barbara and, uh, and the... Um, host Michael Keyes, uh, who is the science historian who interviewed Dr. Weichart. He has been, a, of course, uh, Dr. Weichart been a, a guest on our program a number of times. But the podcast is up. It's available. So um, don't you think uh, this is a podcast that we all should um, bookmark and try to listen to this week? I think that's a good idea. What do you think? Yes, and, and they got the title 100% correct. Like nobody and nothing matters in the Darwinian worldview. Right, and that's, and that's exactly the opposite of the biblical perspective. I mean, the Bible could not be clearer on this, on this issue. I mean, you know, when Paul says we are all of one blood, uh, speaking to the philosophers, speaking to the equivalent of Oxford, Cambridge, or Harvard, or Yale, Princeton, you know, when he's at, at Athens speaking to those, you know, philosophers of the Stoic, uh, uh, you know, um, and uh, all these other, you know, early philosophers, you know, that, that, are, that are trying to say, oh, we've learned the depths of knowledge and we've searched the highest realms of understanding of the universe and morality. And so these philosophers uh, really hadn't gotten much past first base. They really hadn't advanced much down the, you know, the 90 feet toward first base, I would say. And so the uh, truth that is proclaimed boldly by Paul is that we are all one race, really one human family, extended family, from one creator, and to him we owe our allegiance, and we will be judged. And the only way that we can escape righteous judgment for our sin is to turn to the one who took our place, who literally became one of us, a perfect substitute, the perfect lamb, of God, namely Christ, the, the only one who never sinned, the only one who could not sin because he was fully God as well as 100% man. And I think that's, uh, that, that truth, of course, is what makes Christianity 
and I'm, I'm referring to mere Christianity. I'm not trying to call out any denominations, but the 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 truth, the classical truth <clears throat> of the creeds, which comes through so loudly and clearly in the writings of C.S. Lewis, that is what we're defending, and that is what we believe in the person of Christ and Christ alone is our salvation. So. Anyone listening today, if they were wondering, how can you know that you will live forever in the presence of God? And, and the answer to that is you will know when you turn from your own life of, of letting self-control and sin control to let Christ control and believe that he died truly in your heart, believe he died for you and paid for all your sins on the cross when he died for you and then rose again. The moment you turn to him and trust in him, who died and is alive for you forever, and just that, that very split second, that nano point in, in, in time and eternity, you are uh, receiving at that point the gift of eternal life. I mean, that is a, a true fact that transcends all the facts in the cosmic scheme of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited that God is, I think, beaming out from the center of the universe, from Christ himself, the answer to all the problems, to all the chaos, to all the political, economic, social, cultural, you know, um, dilemmas and ordeals that we're going through, and the answer is Christ. You know, religion won't do it. Uh, denominations won't do it. You know, uh, churches are where we gather to learn about Christ, but ultimately it's Christ and Christ alone. I, I think the, the Getty hymn, uh, Christ and Christ alone is so beautiful in uh, what it expresses. I wish we could play that from from time to time on our show. Maybe we can work uh, one that of in. my favorites. Yeah, well, yeah, it's one of mine too. So um, anyway, I, I, I'm ready to pivot to some new um, kind of one one after another announcements. But I thought I'd see if you are doing okay in the midst of all this craziness. Uh, how are you and the, the missus doing? Yeah, we're we're doing well. We've been uh, staying pretty busy ever since this whole coronavirus stuff began in March. Um, I mean, our church has been blessed. A lot of people have been attending, and, and we've gotten a chance to get some stuff done that we wouldn't have. Um, so, I mean, we've been doing well. Terrific. That's that's tremendous. Well, I am, I am excited to be able to um, bring out one after another. I'll, I'll cover as many as we can this week, and we'll cover some more um maybe if we can't get to them all this week uh next week but um our our first announcement is that we have coming up in this uh in this next two months we are going to roll out not one not two but ten major presentations at conferences held by the c.s lewis society and these are being prepped for the a major rollout one will be coming out every two weeks and so that'll be over um, a space of about four months and each of these wow. you know, two a month we will be rolling out these films that were actually shot in front of a live audience uh, talks uh, that were done by Lee Strobel uh, that were done by um, such uh, outstanding speakers as uh, Robbie Zacharias, who is now with the Lord, but he was in rare form that night in front of 6,800 people. Uh, we actually have one of the films that's there already. It's the film uh, called uh, Why Jesus, Why Not Science. It's the presentation that I made in that arena uh, there in Bangor, Maine. 
in May of 2016. Uh, but we have uh, three others from that conference. And then we have uh, a pair of presentations um, from our Intersect conference. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. And those are going to be uh, held, uh, you know, rolled out one after another in the same uh, pattern because those Intersect talks are being prepped uh, for the coming four months starting literally the second week of July and rolling out through about the third week uh, of November. So it'll be a little, a little over that uh, four months of period, but we're pretty excited that we will have a, a battery of some of the most powerful uh, talks um, you know, coming out, and each one we will be discussing in our program, some of the highlights, and we're going to try to get Lee Strobel on our program with us. And, um, you know, some of these other, Daryl Bach, I think you know a little bit about him. Yeah, absolutely. Pro pro professor of New Testament at Dallas Theological Seminary. And so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, Greg Kokel, I think uh, you've heard of him, and you got to meet him when he was in town. Yeah, wonderful guy. Great apologist, too. Uh, and one of the top apologists in the world. So uh, his two talks at our conference that was held in the fall of 2016, the Intersect Conference, those two amazing talks will be presented uh, as they're rolled out, and uh, we'll ask Greg to join us for that rollout. That'll be incredible. So let's move on to announcement number two. The Ministry to Youth, an entirely new dimension of the C.S. Lewis Society, is about to be launched. And we oh, I'm excited a, for that one. Yeah, I was going to say, that's up your alley as a youth pastor working with youth uh, from, let's say, junior high on up. And Jenny Zemitis. Jenny uh, is experienced in working with uh, teenage uh, gals. Her husband has served as a pastor. He and she are a dynamo. They are graduates of Moody Bible Institute, and they are brilliant apologists working in the area of knitting together teens, both Christians and non-Christians, into lively community groups. And they've seen teenagers come into their home uh, sometimes they'll have three or four or five, and they'll get so excited because the questions that are raised about how do you know that God exists, and what reasons are there uh, for maintaining sexual purity, you know, before marriage, and what about Satan? The, you know, is there really uh, an opposite to God, and, and what kind of power does he have? And how do you know the Bible is real and can be trusted and it's not just a book of myths? And were we really created or is evolution a fact? And on and on and on. So they deal with the real questions while they're also teaching Scripture. And the girls that come, teenage girls, mostly from public schools, are so excited that they invite their non-Christian friends. They start coming, and they get so excited, they invite their non-Christian friends. So one of these groups that was five girls became 12 girls, became 22 girls, and they had like 40 girls, teenage girls, coming to their house, and many of them were becoming Christian. It is bonkers, crazy, wonderful what God has done. And the, the, just the training that she and, uh, and her husband has helped her. So she has been appointed now the head and the uh, co-author with our own 
student intern, Braden Knott. I think you know Braden from Trinity College? Yeah, I know and, him a little bit. Yeah, so Braden Knott, assisting Jimmy Zemitis as the Director of Youth Ministries, uh, have come on board, and they're creating 7 by 7 I think it's 7 with an X, like times, so 7 by 7 and it's Seven girls would form the core of any of these groups. That's the ideal core group. Like Jesus called 12 disciples. So and in a home group, it could be within the context of a church. It could be, you know, just a Christian uh, parent or uh, an adult. So, and, and it works with guys. It's not just for, for gals. But um, the 7 by 7 is a whole youth ministry that we're trying to employ the best of the best that's out there, like Jonathan Morrow, a great youth ministry guy and who specializes in apologetics. personal friend of ours used to be involved with the CS Lewis Society. He has taken off. He's authored several key books in apologetics. And so Jonathan Morrow, we're in dialogue with him to work with us and help us. Maybe we can bring him down to the area. So we're trying to, as it were, pivot off this moment in time. We're in a takeoff mode, and the 7 by 7 youth ministry of CS Blue Society is exciting. It needs a lot of prayer. We're thankful for Ginny, and just um, we really want everybody out there who follows the uh, program, the Universe Next Door, just to be lifting her up, uh, Ginny, and her whole team of helpers, Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N is his first name, entering his, I believe he's in his uh, end of his sophomore year with some of the credit that he brought in at Trinity College. So uh, some of you have heard him here on the program already. So uh, Braden Nott assisting, writing curriculum, and then uh, others, tremendous support team helping out. Uh, we're going to be having uh, more announcements in, in, in line with this, but what do you think? Is that is your second emotion to launch this? Oh yeah, I'm super excited about that. And and people need to realize that middle school and high school students need apologetics. They need to know how to understand reason and, and defend uh, their worldview. It's part of evangelizing, and it's a command in our faith. You know, it's not simply limited to uh, scholarly and educated people. Yep. Well. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled with this. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit more in coming weeks about the Mama Bear Apologetics Program that is equipping uh, men and women, uh, parents, especially mamas. Can you believe it? Uh, equipping mothers, uh, and, but the men were not leaving out, the papas. Uh, but Mama Bear, Papa Bear, and little children bear, but... Um, the most important apologists today in the church are mom and dad. Let me repeat that. The most important apologists today in the church are not so much the, the, the pastor, they're, they're key, but the mom and dad who are training up the next generation. Because if young people are leaving, you know, that all starts, uh, that process, in the home. Or it's actually the opposite process of kids getting fired up about their faith of fanning out and bringing others to faith and getting others trained in apologetics as the kids discover this whole realm, this whole world of evidences that, tan that are tandem with, that are linked with, that are interwoven with biblical truth and the person of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we're going to have more announcements. I think we've run out of time for this week, but I just do want to I'll let everyone know that we do have a great series on uh, Did You Know 
uh, up at our C.S. Lewis Society webpage. Uh, it's going to be mirroring what's on the Facebook. So take a look at uh, apologetics.org because that series, uh, again, mirroring what's on our Facebook, the Did You Know series, is very important information to capture these summaries of breakthroughs and apologetics. So stay tuned for more information at C.S. Lewis's webpage, apologetics.org. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you back here next week for more announcements and more breakthroughs in the world of Christian evidence. You've been listening to The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward, sponsored by the C.S. Lewis Society and Trinity College of Florida and supported through the gifts of listeners just like you. To gather resources, continue the conversation, and support The Universe Next Door with your financial gifts, go to apologetics.org. That's apologetics.org. And join us again next time as we continue to seek the truth about life, faith, and worldview in The Universe Next Door.